You and know? also, Bitsy, like this, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but you feel so deeply. Hit her. <laughs> <laughs> It's Western and Bitsy. Oh my God, you are so annoying. Hello everyone and welcome back. We are now in episode 52 in week, God knows, of Day quarantine. 51. Day 51. Yeah. Okay, I actually have a confession to make. What, what's the confession? <laughs> I miscounted on the days because I counted to all through next weekend. I, you didn't say anything. I, I didn't heard you multiple times correct me when I said what day of quarantine was in. And I was like, I'm just not going to say anything. Why didn't you say, hey, Bitsy, you realize that today, like, days don't matter to me anymore. So I didn't know. I was I, just like. I, was, <laughs> I said it was March. I was May 1st the other day. And you're like, you didn't say anything. So how was I to know? So imagine how humbling it was to me when I. <laughs> I went and finally realized I had been lying. Well, and I just took it as Bible because yesterday Bitsy was referencing everything as day 50. So I was just like, 50? Wow. wow. I know. I know. And I thought, well, I thought you were wrong, but this is my thought process. I'm so confused on what fucking day it is. I could be wrong. So I was like, I'm not going to say anything because she might be right. But yeah. Well, no, I wasn't. And you didn't tell me. And so not I had a, to Not a word. I, I had to figure it out myself. <laughs> And then I knew I would eventually have to tell other people, like Kristen, who I told what day it was, that I was wrong, and I just hadn't gotten there yet because I only realized it today. Not too late, though. Not too late for me to say on your podcast that we're on day 51. (laughs) So it's actually like 43. Uh, I don't know. Let's look at the calendar. Uh, It says uh, 44. Okay. Well, now you know that if you ever do just totally lose it, you're totally delusional, that you're still going to have my support. Thank you. I'm not going to break your spirit. Thank you. And she has my unwavering trust. <laughs> unwavering <laughs> trust. As you all can hear, we have a very, very special guest here with us today. Yeah. Her name is Kristen. Kristen Joyce Oyman. Oh, wow. Calling out the middle name. Yeah. I mean, the podcasters only know me as... Kristen, because oh, I, yeah, I do actually, feel like I get referenced a bit. You probably do have the most name drops on our podcast. Or our good friend, Rachel. Our good <laughs> friend, Rachel. Our good friend, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> but Kristen, not only are you a joy of sunshine, you have, oh, the, you have joy in your name. That's true, in my middle name. But yeah. not that many people know that, because I usually just go by K-Way. I'm wondering if I ever knew your middle name right now. I don't and think And I've you known did. you for almost five years. Yeah, my own brother thought my middle name was Jean, so <laughs> that's where we are. Wow. Well, he, is, mm. he was wrong. I bet that was humbling for him. We all are having a lot of humbling experiences. Speak for yourself. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm humbled every day when I look in the mirror. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. PSA, <clears throat> Sage works in your apartment. Oh my God, I almost forgot. Yes, PSA. Um, after my mental breakdown, we decided to sage ourselves and sage the apartment. And it did prove to work. Well, one, we took it very seriously. We mm-hmm. lit candles. We turned off all the lights. I said all the electricity, but I did notice Weston didn't turn off his um, TV because you were gaming. Oh, of course. I. No one knows what it's like to not only move to a deserted island, but start up the economy by yourself with a loan shark, a.k.a. Animal Crossing. But right, go on. Right, right, right. Um, and we saged the apartment. We set our intention. We saged it with intention. And we chanted. And at one point, <laughs> I was telling Weston he missed a spot. So I was showing it. And he thought I wanted to hold hands with him. So he grabbed my hand. <laughs> and 
done. We just like used the sage. Guys, this is a full stick of sage. It was fully burning. I guess the fire alarms don't work, but we were, it was the most dramatic yet spiritual experience I've had since the last time I went to church camp in like eighth grade. I mean, we were truly sweeping out in the bad energy, but we used the scientific method and this is how we know it worked. We forgot to sage a spot the balcony Mm -hmm. what has happened on the balcony since the saging of the apartment not only is my mint plant dying even though i give it nothing but sunshine and water and air and love and positive energy yes i even played classical music for it one day the lights that we hung out there just out of nowhere a gust of wind on a dry day knocked our lights down yeah i was actually here when you guys talked about that and everyone seemed Mm -hmm. concerned and no one did anything. No, but that's she how just it goes, went yeah. on with her day. She looked at the fallen lights and just said, okay. I, yeah, I had to, too much to do on my virtual island. I had actually already moved in by the time they were um, sage, saging their souls. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I had no idea what was going on until Bitsy <laughs> told me the next day. And I was just like, I live three doors down from psychos, literally less than 70 footsteps. <laughs> I mean, and, and something else, though, that proved that it, uh, the universe will not do it for you. You can mm-hmm. set your intentions, but you need to set it every set it every mm-hmm. day. Is Weston over his bed said no slothfulness. Okay. Um, yeah. Restful, meaningful rest. Mm-hmm. And he said he was going to wake start waking up at seven thirty a.m. So How's that going. The last week didn't happen, but <laughs> okay. I will say. I do feel like I had more meaningful rest and I felt like I was more productive during the day. But yeah, the, the 7.30 a.m., maybe I just didn't bend that energy enough to my will because it just was like, I'm just a 9 a.m. or what can I say? Yeah. I mean, it's just like the slothfulness I thought was like the best part because well, I was trying to think now anytime he's still sleeping, I'm like sloth. Slothfulness. Because I was like, what are the seven deadly sins? And I was like, sloth is one of them. I want to get rid of my slothfulness. I feel like that slows me down more than anything. Well, there was a day, me and Bitsy, were leaving for a walk. And Weston, you did say you were going to go for a run and take (laughs) Oscar out. Oh, yeah. And we returned and you had done neither. I'm telling you, my virtual island takes a lot of time. Was that pre or post Sage? Post. It was post. Are you sure? Oh, you know what? It might have been the day that the lights fell. Maybe (laughs) my slothfulness seeped out onto the balcony. Okay. Okay, so we're going to have to re-sage you and your room, and we're going to have to do that I'm going to have to shove the sage up my ass and light it on fire, apparently. (laughs) While we're on this weird ritual train, though, me and Bitsy on our walks have been picking those flowers, the ones with like the white fuzzy things on them. The dandelions. Aren't they dandelions? I think dandelions are yellow. I thought they turn into that. No? Oh, I have no idea. We should look that up. Um, That'd be interesting, like tadpoles to frogs. Um, But... We've been making wishes on them because you're supposed to blow all the little like mm-hmm. white fuzzies off and your wish is supposed to come true. And so far, one of our wishes has. Yeah. So, I mean. What so all the, we can do is just keep wishing. What was Every wish? single day. Uh, can we announce it? A secret wish? Oh. Um, it's, it's one of our it's secret projects. It's a secret project. It's a secret okay. project. So you know what it is. Um, oh, I do know what it is. And yeah. if you guys want a step-by-step tutorial of how to blow on the dandelion and make a wish, uh, just go watch a goofy movie on Disney+. Plus. Rock, uh, Roxanne, Roxy does it in that movie. I oh, love okay. the goofy cool. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you guys are like wondering who Kristen is, I guess like we should also talk about that. Mm-hmm. So me and Kristen have known each other since we were 12. We grew up together. We went to middle school together, um, high school. We did long distance in college. And then after that, we both ended up moving to Kansas City. We lived together mm-hmm. and then 
Kristen um, moved to Chicago and then she moved back. So now she just lives three doors down from me in Weston. Mm-hmm. As yeah. of a week ago. Yeah, as of a week ago. Crazy. Yeah. And I met Kristen through Bitsy because Bitsy and I met in college, of course. Yes. And so we met five years ago when the I lived f- in St. Louis. Yes. yes. The first time I ever met Weston, he made a couple appetizers for me <laughs> and he made a thing called um, an olive you toast. And it was a Triscuit with cheese Whiz and a little sliced um, olive on top. Yeah. Bitsy and I did a, an appetizer spread and Bitsy made uh, buffalo chicken dip. And then we made skewers, which were mm-hmm. bologna, pickles, and um, cheese on toothpicks. Yeah. 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 Fancy. Yeah. This was pre me being vegetarian, just for everyone knowing. That's how long it was, actually. I know. Crazy. It was like the summer before my extra semester, I think. Yes, it was. My victory half lab. Yeah. 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 God. And we're you're so still old. cooking up great things for us i know i will recently the quarantine has forced me to get some sort of hobby naturally it revolves around food yeah um so bitsy didn't really touch base on the fact that i'm yes we've known each other since we were 12 but i'm her sole confidant her counterpart in life Mm -hmm. we are you know sisters sister sister a deep connection a deep bond so deep that whenever we all got drunk in Kristen's apartment last saturday that we decided to go around and say what our favorite thing was about everyone. <laughs> Which I just remembered. Colleen never did that for us. No, she. I don't think she did. So um, we're going to have to tie her down. And, and you guys all know her. Colleen. She did a trivia game with us. She, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, she is sunshines and rainbows. But yeah, she skipped out on that. You know what? And that's like normally would be like her wet dream, her fantasy. And you know it's my wet dream because anytime it's somebody's birthday, I'm like, we all have to go around and say our favorite thing about that person. It is fun. It makes you feel good about yourself. For sure. Both getting the compliments and receiving the compliments feels yeah, amazing. It is. It's fun both yeah. ways. Um, we got... We had, we, so in case you guys are also wondering, yes, we are still quarantining, but she lives, Kristen lives like right down the hall. So we have, um, it was inevitable. Yeah. We had to help her move in. We couldn't let her do that alone. This is true. And you looking at her like, um, Oh, Oh, shut her down, Kristen. Oh, oh, buddy. Okay. So Weston did not help with the move in process. That was three girls, one U-Haul just tackling the world. Yes. Hashtag women. Yes. Um, Weston did get in there and start to organize some Tupperware. Mm -hmm. He did hang my shower curtain. Tedious. Um, (laughs) but I, yeah, that above the bed. Let us not forget. Oh yes. He did help a little bit with, with the bed. I think um, he went home after that and was like, dear diary today. I hope put up this, 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 and, and so that he never forgot so that we never forgot that he he's going to take it to the golden and gate. I he's wrote be like, no, wait, I did this for Kristen at the bottom of the diary. It says no slothfulness today. Smiley face <laughs> heart. Yes. Uh, Gold star. And then you put a sticker on there. <laughs> I imagine that if you did have a diary, it would just have like, it would be full of like paintings and drawings and markers and stickers and colors. And hieroglyphics. Of course. I can picture you doing like um those 3d um shapes you know that everybody thought was really cool like when you finally learned how to draw a 3d shape no, i love those yeah that They're doesn't so surprise cool. me and like spirals oh and yeah shit. like the box and yep. stuff and the yeah. rectangle well you guys know i do portraits that's yeah, so we- true <laughs> you never showed me mine yeah you didn't show me mine. no i don't have it right throw them away i'll do another Bullshit. one for you thank you I'll do another one Thank you. Weston's been drawing portraits. I don't know if we talked about that. And they're like, I actually do think they're good. Oh, they're so bad. He's so bad. He gave me a gap in my hairline that was like 
farther than the, the the Red Sea. Like when they when what is it like Moses <laughs> does his thing and is like yeah. as I sit here, Bitsy has a middle part and I get it. I, attention to detail. Yeah. The flyaways. Yes, what you did. He gave me antlers <laughs> on the side of my head above my ears. He took a detail and he just now took the extremist version of it. Yes, and what I will say I did appreciate is he gave me some cut cheekbones. Yeah. That yeah. filler did not go to waste. I had to make sure people know that you got injections. I was like, mm, yep, perfect, mm-hmm. Bo- perfect cheekbones. There we go. But then, perfect. like it, then like he drew my boobs, which was just like it's so funny. I actually thought about a lot about that. I was like, did Weston think as he was making the lines for Bitsy's boob? Was he actually thinking about Bitsy's like breasts, or was he just kind of blissfully unaware? He just said that so- since he was a little mm-hmm. kid, he always drew boobs at all. I always drew boobs. And I would always draw the women wow. with like, like really big hips and really big like bosoms. And then the the hands were always very sharp. The nails, all of my characters look like that. So always a drag the women queen. Did. All, pretty much. My mom was yeah. like, she said, I can't say that you were a good artist as a kid, but whenever you guys did art and it was hung on the wall, I could pick out exactly which one was yours because it looked so distinctively. They were all just so distinct. She was like, like a cartoon. Yeah. Like definitely not good, but there. <sighs> yeah. small wins so i'll so i will i will do the hands for yours so that way you can see the claws that i draw thank you no so So five dollars if you'd like one Vimo weston underscore worldwide thank you (laughs) i hope no one actually pays you i think i already have brian gave me five dollars i told you that and i did his yeah honestly like Sometimes after I listen to you guys talk for a long time, I need a Xanax. <laughs> so when you take your Xanax, Kristen, do you typically um, snort it like just the pill up your nose or do you crush it up or what? Um, I usually take my Xanax with a huge glass of wine. So I black out and get really loopy like my mom used to. <laughs> oh <my> um, <laughs> it was it was fun times, man. Um, no, I actually have never taken my Xanax prescription because it just kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel pretty stabilized with like my normal, like anti-anxiety medication. So it's like um, in an emergency drawer with an ax, like in case you need it. 100%. And mm-hmm. that's what my therapist told me too. She was just like, this is like your kill button. Like if you are really up there mm-hmm. and you need to get really down, then you take, you know, something like Xanax, unless you are a recreational Xanax user. And then, so I kind of have a, I mean, so first of all, guys, you might be wondering like what qualifications Kristen has. Well, she doesn't necessarily have any, but she has been through some shit. So we're going to talk about, you know, her move here back here. You might be wondering why, well, she went through a math, a big breakup mm-hmm. and, um, Something she, a lot of she, us can relate to. Yes, and like the long distance dating because they were always long distance until she moved there. So we're going to get into that. So I guess like, can we first talk about the long distance dating and you yeah. oh my gosh I, I love it like it's it's literally yeah. a sign it's like my thing I love dating anybody that does not live in the same city as me do we I feel like we need a, um, a, a nickname to refer to to this this male creature oh I mean there's been more than one though think about it my first relationship out of college started yeah. long distance that's and that's why too. I moved to Kansas City Bitsy mm. knows last year yeah. before the most recent relationship I talked to a guy in Florida for a while yeah um I I I don't know what it is I feel like sometimes it's easier to date somebody that's just not right there and for me like not having somebody that like you have to be around 100 mm-hmm. percent of the time or something it just 
Yeah, it's what's worked for me in the past. Well, actually, no, it hasn't. It hasn't worked. <laughs> it, it hasn't worked at the end, but it's so interesting because I feel like a lot of people who would do long distance relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, Weston, that was his favorite thing too. Yeah, it was your fantasy. But the thing with you is that a lot of people do it because they're afraid of commitment, and if it's long distance, like you know, you still have that space between yeah. them. But mm-hmm. you are not afraid of commitment. Like you will, you will, you commit, you move. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I do. Um, yeah. So for the first relationship, the one I, that got me here to Kansas city, that was, you know, me just being like this, mm-hmm. I'm all in on this. Like, I know that this is the one, obviously mm-hmm. I was like immature and like it, it was not the one. Um, and then with the more, and that's when we were like, what, 23. Yeah. I was so like, that was just being young and naive. Um, yeah which I mean, I could even chalk this one up to, but this one, I was so overwhelmed with like Mm -hmm. love and care and affection. And I was pretty much like being told like every day, like how, how how difficult it was. And like, I reciprocity, Mm -hmm. like I was saying the same thing. Like every time we would see each other, obviously we were having like a great time. It would usually be the weekend, um, or we were going to a different city to hang out. And so we were always having like a great times, usually a lot mm-hmm. of alcohol involved. Um, and so it wasn't like we had that day to day, like Monday through Friday relationship, mm-hmm. but we were talking sun up to sun down. Anytime we left, we were saying like, I miss you so much. Like when's the next time I can see you. And we did that for like months. And honestly at 26, going back and forth between two cities gets really expensive. And so we had a conversation really mm-hmm. early on in our relationship about like moving to one of the, our, the cities and mm-hmm. the situation I was in was I had the leverage and ability to move and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I moved to Chicago. So can we really quick go over kind of like a timeline of from when you met to when you were doing long distance to when you moved to like, I guess to, to now, I mean, really? Yeah. Um, as Bitsy knows when, um, bad things happen, I black them out of my mind and my mm-hmm. memory is horrible. So Bitsy will probably know this better than I do. Repression. But, Repression. Yes. It's a real thing. Yeah. Um, so I met him in August of 2018 and then we had our first like ha- weekend hangout in St. Louis in September. Like the very beginning of September though. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so after that, we kind of honestly, it was like that one weekend and mm-hmm. we were like, this is it. Like we're in love. Like this is mm-hmm. official pretty much, but like not boyfriend, girlfriend, but mm-hmm. um, we made started making really frequent visits to see one one another between Kansas city and Chicago. Um, for by November, he met my family over Thanksgiving weekend and we Mm -hmm. spent the weekend in Nashville. Um, that the next week or so was my holiday party for my work. And that night he asked me to be like boyfriend, girlfriend at this point, we were already saying, I love you. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, like, sleeping together like from the very first time we ever met and for me like that's not crazy but not something I do often so Mm -hmm. there was a lot of like um I don't know just like feeling really like loved in that in that concept as well Mm -hmm. and so by December the end of December we had spent Christmas together I had spent a week with his family. I literally stayed at his family's home for an entire week and got to know that situation pretty well. Um, And then he came back to Kansas City for New Year's 
And pretty much by, you know, after some kind of catastrophic things happened Mm -hmm. for his family life in February, I had decided to move there by April. So August, between August of 2018 and April of 2019, Mm -hmm. you know. You were long distance. Yeah, not for very long. I think part of the thing with long distance too is a couple of things. Like there is that unattainable feeling. The grass is always greener, at least like it was for me. It always seemed like it's better there. It's better you know whether it be Chicago or DC or wherever it's like the grass is always greener on the other side and then I think the other aspect to it and this is such a cliche is distance makes the heart grow fonder but the truth is it really really does like whether it just be with relationships or friendships or you know family distance really does make the heart grow fonder Mm -hmm. so I I relate to that yeah I mean I think for me I just didn't know what a Monday through Friday looked like for him. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't as serious until I was there. And then once I was there, I was like, holy crap, you loved me more before I got here. You were, you Mm -hmm. gave me more attention before I got here. Mm -hmm. Now I'm here and I'm like, what chopped liver. Um, so yeah, we, so, and that another important thing to note, I guess, is that we moved into our apartment. I didn't mm-hmm. move in with him. Like we signed a new lease together. And so, um, it's interesting. The very first week I was there, he left for a work trip, like the next day. So the day I had to go to work, I'd never taken the L in my entire life. Oh my goodness. And I was, I was like crying. I remember. And our the entire drive up to Chicago, I cried too, because mm-hmm. we had had such a fun night the night before I left. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I don't know before it even happened. I kind of felt like it was tumultuous mm-hmm. just like. I know like you're saying the grass is always greener for me in the back of my mind. I was always thinking, I don't, I'm going to miss Kansas city so Mm. much. Like all of my best friends are here. Like the best experiences of my life have been here. Were there any red flags before you moved? Like were you, was there anything that kind of made you think, okay, I want to do this, but like, were there certain doubts in your head other than just the general doubts of, I hope it works out. Um, I'm going to let Bitsy answer. (laughs) (laughs) Bitsy, what red flags do you think there were? Um, uh, well, probably the night that he called you and call, called you the C word um, was a big one. Before I moved? That's before you moved. It was like right before you were moving, the week before you were moving. It was like a weeknight. Oh my God, see, I don't even remember this happening. He called her and he was like, called you the C word and um, blamed you for things that were obviously not your fault. He he had he had gone through some things and lost and like lost people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can, I don't know what yeah. we can say, but... Um, he had been going through things and he blamed was blaming everything wrong in his life on you. And you called me and you were crying after that. And you were like, I can't move there if this is what it's going to be like. And you're like, this is the first time he's ever showed this kind of like behavior, like where he got really angry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I mean, I even, like, now that you say it, like, I don't really remember it. Um, not to say it didn't happen, because I'm sure mm-hmm. it did. Um, but I think that that was another instance where... I I truly believe that silence and secrets keep you sick. And so until you can open up about what's really going on in your life, you cannot heal and you cannot mm-hmm. get help. And so for me, I feel like I stayed so silent and kept so many secrets about a lot of things in my life, but especially with this relationship. So like mm-hmm. maybe that night that I called you and I said, this is the first time, 
I really don't think it was the first time. Yeah, it might not have been. Um, because I had I had been having doubts and like obviously with all of the things that were happening that were mm-hmm. forcing me to move a little bit sooner than I had expected us to move in together. I had I had doubts, I had questions, but I was like excited and like in love. And I think that I just got so caught up in that. But other red flags were just the fact that I'd already been through this once and I knew what it was like to Mm -hmm. be clouded by like fun weekends right? and not really know what a relationship would be like with somebody once you're with them 24 Mm -hmm. seven. Um, I, I would say another red flag would be, um, just how small his hands were. He always said that. Question always said that. First time I met, I was like, he has extremely tiny hands. Oh my God, I'm going to go look. No, his hands were extremely tiny. Why did you never tell me this? They would make a single cheeseburger look like a Big Mac because... Shut up. I don't know why I can't explain it. For me, the aura I got from his tiny hands was like, he's shady. Something's up. Oh my God, I'm literally going to go stare at pictures of his... (gasps) You're, Wait, let me see. you're not that wrong. <laughs> like, this is a small mason jar. Yeah. We're looking at I mean, yeah, your hand jar. looks gigantic. I mean, I can, I can palm a basketball, though. Like, let's be real. I, I just have huge hands. He couldn't palm a peach with those hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did always say that. I forgot about that until now. That was so funny. Sorry. That, that is so funny. <laughs> um, uh, another red flag was when we... you So, she, Kristen, in February of 2019, you'd already decided you were moving. And... We had our Galentine's Day. As you guys know, we love to host Galentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't count. I mean, we have how many closets in this apartment? We counted the doors one time and it was somewhere in the 20s. And I found Kristen behind every single closet, <laughs> every single door. I mean, because he wouldn't stop FaceTiming and calling you. That's you couldn't be with your friends. So no, I found you in the cabinet. Once, <laughs> the, the, the pantry. I, actually, and I did take one in the hallway as well. And then you were in Weston's room. At one point, <laughs> I unscrewed the vents and I stuck my head in the vent and Kristen was up there taking a phone call. And I was like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. And because you couldn't, like, he wouldn't, it, that was like a control thing to me. And then um, you, you left like, and didn't come out with us. And that was him. my last thing that I was really like here the last for. big thing I was here for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that's so true. Anytime he needed attention, like if I didn't give it to him, it was pretty much mm-hmm. like I was a horrible person, but I mean, hindsight is 2020 20. at the time. I just like, I think we all feel this way. Like we're all just like, I want to be loved. Like, and so mm-hmm. what if like somebody needs attention or is attentive, like, but the fact is, is like on those phone calls, mm-hmm. it's not like it was sunshine and rainbows. It was usually like not really pleasant things mm-hmm. being said. Um, and sometimes from both of us, because I would finally get to the point where I'm like, I'm with my fucking friends. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. just let, let me be. Uh, I'm in the fucking vent to I take have this to, phone call. Yeah. You have no reason to be worried. I'm literally with a ton of girls and a ton of gays. Like, <laughs> what do you, like, what's yeah. the problem? Yeah, because he should know that, like, we don't have any straight male friends. Literally zero straight male friends. No. That's why I had to find you in Chicago, sir. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, like I what? mean, no. You're not meeting anyone through us. <laughs> Fuck no. no. I think something for all of us that our memory tends to do is make us feel like our feelings weren't real or invalid. Like, before you moved there, like, feeling like, oh, maybe it was just infatuation or just wanted to oh, be Oh, I loved. made excuses for everything. But it's like you all those feelings were real you know like you did love him he he did love you you know like I know I do that to myself in my memory I can like make it feel like how in the world did I feel that way was that real and it is real you know so I think like yeah actually it's really funny you say mm -hmm. that because I asked Bitsy this the other day I was like 
do you think that he really loved me? Cause like this, that's not what love is supposed to look mm-hmm. like. And like, that's not how love is supposed to feel. And the fact is, it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sure we, we do love people and, but we are still human and we make mistakes, mm-hmm. um, with our actions and our words. And yeah, I mean, we all do crazy things. I don't think it's that he didn't love you. I think it's that he wasn't capable of showing or really loving anyone because he had so much going on with mm-hmm. himself. Right. Low emotional IQ mixed with a little bit of narcissism. Mm-hmm. Um, and small hands. Yeah. And that's, hands. and that's the triple threat of not good. No. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't good. I would say another red flag that I really just ignored because again, I was like, it's so sweet. Like he would get, drunk and he would text I would wake up to like seven phone calls like 30 text messages but none of it was like mean it was like babe I love you like babe 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 mm-hmm. oh my god where are you can't wait to see you I miss you and it would go on to like three two or three a.m and I just thought that like oh like at least he's texting me when he's out mm-hmm. drunk like who cares and now once I moved mm-hmm. to Chicago I was like oh fuck like he he gets drunk a right. lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how was, so what happened exactly whenever you got to the Windy City? Um, so we were dealing with, a, we were dealing with a lot. We were still de- dealing with like the fam- family situation that took a, a sad turn. Um, and just, I, I feel like for the audience's sake, we kind of just have to share what happened, but Um, he lost one of his parents. I have lost a parent and it Mm -hmm. is, it is awful. Like it is, there's nothing comparable, um, from a child who has no children standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, it sucks. And a lot of people that reached out to me were like, wow, like God really put you in this person's life to be here for him during this moment. And depending on whether or not you are religious, I'm not very religious. I was just like, I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, that's mm-hmm. so true. I'm here to be supportive and like help him through this time. And, um, I, I thought I was doing a good job. I was kind of really just letting him like do whatever he needed to, to cope. Mm-hmm. And that involved kind of a lot of, a lot of drinking. Um, it involved a lot of family time, which, which is fine. But I had just moved to a brand new city. I didn't even know my way around like, are two, the two streets that surrounded us, the only two streets I ever really needed to be on to get to the L. And there were times I was just like, I kind of just want to stay and like explore or like see my friends that are here and that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to say wasn't allowed, but it definitely wasn't encouraged and it was never brought up by him. It was always kind of like, well, these are my friends. This is my family. This is what we're doing. Um, kind of and, a controlling yeah, aspect. Yeah. And just really... Um, selfish like it it was never like well what do you want to do like do you want to see your friends I always kind of felt like if I wanted to do something on my terms I had to say like a month in advance or it wasn't going to happen and then if I didn't want to do something that was on his agenda it was like I was guilted into it like there were a lot of times that we would be going to um his parents house and I would have maybe said like because we'd already done it like three times Mm -hmm. that month I would have said hey I might stay back and I would have gotten guilted into going Mm -hmm. and then on the car ride there like something would have come up and I would be crying for like the entire 40 minutes (laughs) there 
And then we would get there and he'd be like, okay, like suck it up. Like, this is how you're going to like do mm-hmm. this, like blah, blah. And then I would just be like, okay. And like, same thing, like going to bars, like he would be in an Uber saying horrible things to me. I'd show up crying and he'd be like, suck it up. Like, is like, are you really going to let your, my friend see you crying like this? And I'm like, I like don't want to cry. <laughs> right. It's almost like your calendar belonged to him, but his calendar didn't belong to oh, you. Oh, no. Like, like you uh, have to make a reservation on his calendar. Oh, yeah. I mean, and seeing each other during the week, like, forget about it. Like, and I love mm-hmm. being home. Like, I don't do things during the week, really. Mm-hmm. I would make dinner for us pretty much every single night, and he just wouldn't tell me he wasn't coming home. And, like, there were so many nights I was just, like, putting dinner in Tupperware containers. And Where was he at? I was like, why did I come here? Like, why am I here? Right. Um, but it's like, or tell me you're not going to mm-hmm. come home and I'll make plans with my friends. But he never would because I, I truly don't think he wanted me to make plans with my friends. Um, where was he at? God, I don't know. Work. The bathhouse. His work had alcohol. So I, he would say there. He, yeah, honestly, I truly don't know what he did with his time, <laughs> but he'd come home drunk. <laughs> so just like just heavy drinking all the time. Pretty much. And who knows, who knows what else? I mean, I know he yeah. lied about, some other stuff mm-hmm. that I would like wake up to finding the next morning, but. And you were there in Chicago for a whole year. So you dealt with this type of behavior for a whole year. You know, I, obviously like there were good moments. Mm-hmm. Um, there were really like, we had really great times together too. And I mm-hmm. really let those, I held on to those to, for like dear life because mm-hmm. I, I loved him. I think going through stuff, I made a lot of excuses for him. Um, and just like the behavior that I was seeing. But during that time, like I knew something was wrong when I, first of all, started seeing a therapist mm-hmm. and a psychiatrist and like, they were like, yeah, it sounds like you were experiencing some like anxiety and depression, blah, blah, blah. And then I had no idea how, what therapy was. But I learned really fast mm-hmm. because I started going and I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I suffered from like an eating disorder in the past and my mom mm-hmm. had passed away. And I was like, there's a shit ton of stuff we can talk about. <laughs> Which Pandora's box <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so seriously. It's like a choose your own adventure book. What page do you want to go to? Yeah. Like honestly, everybody on this, everybody listening is going to be like, this was a fucking mess. Um, so I... I didn't know where it was going to go. And like, yeah, we glossed over that shit. And then she was like, all right. So like, what's the most like top of mind thing? And I was like, well, I never, ever, ever stop thinking about what the fuck my boyfriend is doing and like wh- why I moved to this fucking city. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if, when we would try to get derailed, like onto the health stuff or something, it always came back to like, well, the reason you're feeling these insecurities is because you don't feel like you're getting like the love and attention that you once had. And now you're Mm -hmm. here and you feel like you did all of these things for him and he's regressed in his behavior Mm -hmm. of loving commitment to you. And yet you're in a new city trying to navigate a new life and a new job and like all of these things and you have no support. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, you really summarized that pretty well. Yeah. I would have been like, hang on, let's get on a three-way call with him right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I asked him to go to, to come with me a couple of times and it wouldn't have been like couples therapy. It would have just mm-hmm. been like a way for him to hear what I'm saying mm-hmm. because I, whenever I tried to talk to him, horrible communicator, horrible. Like anytime I tried to talk to him about something serious, he would shut down. Like mm-hmm. we just, we were not having the conversation. Zero chance. <laughs> A lot of boys are like that. Not, yeah. Not making an excuse no, at all. But no, a but lot of boys are like that. And that, and 
that's true. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't even like we would come back to it. It was like my feelings were just completely ignored. And it makes you feel invalidated. 100%. And that's a word that they use a lot in therapy is just, they, they say your feelings are valid and you need to hear that from Mm -hmm. whoever it is that you're, you're not vibing with. And I've, I told him that so many times I was like, can you just say like, you think my feelings are valid, but then tell me why. Mm -hmm. And it was just nothing like no exercise would work. It just, it didn't coast. So I don't mean to pry by it by any means, but you know, here we are. But you do. But I do. Um, you know, his behavior with the heavy drinking, do you think that that was going to be inevitable or do you think that had something to do with losing a parent? So I thought about this a lot. Yeah. And because we were doing long distance, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I just didn't see something that was like so very obvious. And I mean, Bitsy called it from a mile away because again, like when he, when I was getting the drunk text before I moved there, I was like, Oh, it's so cute. Like he's mm-hmm. thinking of me while he's drunk. Like uh, just anybody out there, like it's not cute. Um, you took it as an endearing thing. I like, thought it oh was so endearing. Girl, I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, oh my God, thank you. I was I like, know. you up 3 a.m.? Honey, I ain't, but hey. Yeah. I think uh, I would I feel that now. way too though. If someone was drunk mm-hmm. texting me, I'd be like, they're not even thinking about other girls. All they think about is me. Mm-hmm. Right. If, and you do. And like, it's, it sounds so, it sounds so stupid and literally like so collegiate, but that that's where we were at. But I think that was actually true. He wasn't thinking about other girls. He was thinking about you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I can say that because I've been the one sending the drunk 3am texts because yeah. I am thinking about that person. You right. Know? And, like, and so, yeah, like it, I should have known then mm-hmm. that drinking might've been a little too important. And, Here's the thing. You you can say what you want. Um, I'm not going to call him an alcoholic, but he was drinking too much for my standards. I'm not going to diagnose him with anything. My mm-hmm. I like my parents are alcoholics. I am not comfortable with drinking four or five nights a week mm-hmm. and having almost all of those experiences be drunk and like blackout phases. Like I don't want that in my life. I'm too fucking old for that right. shit and that's a trigger for me. Um, and so I, I didn't think that he was like that. Like, I, I think I would have stopped long before this if I Mm -hmm. thought that he was, you know, drinking too much for what I deem a healthy lifestyle. Yes. Um, cause not everybody is like that. Somebody like, you know, that could work. Like they could be like, you know, but Oh yeah. I'm like that too. Like I wouldn't like that if someone was doing that. I'd be Mm -hmm. like, and if, if he, if you'd lived in the same city, you would have been able to see that. And Yeah. and you probably it in the bud. Right. And mm-hmm. I mean, really similar to Bitsy, not so similar to Weston. I also really crave a healthy lifestyle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is she going to say? <laughs> it's true. But I, I like to go to the gym. I like to eat healthy. I like to like not drink. I like to, you know, practice some like mind body balance. And before I moved there, he was training for the marathon. Like he, he didn't seem like he was drinking that much. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow, like I had the jackpot, like this guy's like into health and fitness. And you know, he would like send pictures of like the dinner that he cooked for himself. Y'all, he made me dinner one time in a year. What? One time in an entire year. Um, so yeah, I, I just had a, I had a different image of what it, mm-hmm. what he was really like. Cause then when I moved there, I'm not kidding you. Like we went on a couple runs, but he like did, I would, I would go to the gym like every day. Mm-hmm. He would go maybe once a month if I could get him to do like a class with me or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was just, it wasn't, wasn't That's something my that was important to you. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Type yeah. Yeah. 
So it was just reality expectations not not mm-hmm. meeting. Yeah, I mean, and I would say so. Like all the girls went up to visit you in July, and I mean, we could tell things were not going great, and yeah, it just continued to progress or to get not progress to like get worse. I mean, well, progress and getting worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I still hadn't really told anybody anything at no, that point. No. Yeah, yeah I mean. <laughs> Oscar right now. He's so cute. Um, he looks His bad really energy cute. is the reason Colleen went and knocked herself out on the, what was it? <laughs> oh my God, on the Okay, glass. yeah. Actually, like, take a break. Bitsy, please tell this story. It was so fucking funny. Um, Colleen, so as you guys know, you heard her on an episode. She's just so, she's so like, I don't know how to describe it, like free, like in a sense, like just goofy, like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she was going to pick up her bag and Kristen had a glass table and her bag was under the glass table and she didn't realize that there was a table there because we'd been drinking all day. Yeah. She hit her and on that glass table, there was another glass, <laughs> a wine, a wine glass <laughs> that she smacked her head on just right to cut it, to gash it. Like she was gushing mm-hmm. blood everywhere. And, um, it was quite dramatic and everybody was like, oh my God, oh my God, like what is going to happen? Like she filled, like she ran to the bathroom. There's just like buckets of blood. Literally buckets. Like we were soaking through towels. The only reason it's funny is because to this day she's okay. She's okay. Yeah, she's completely okay. Of course. No, that was, was a really was like, hard hit to the head. Is she okay? <laughs> oh my God. I was like, the attention's not on me and not on my watch. So I got out the cake, the birthday oh cake my God. that was for her and I was eating it and I called Weston and I was like, Weston, like what do you think about this? And I told her what happened. Did she's like multiple sources just to be like so here's the thing colleen's hurt but like what about me i was like i think she's gonna be fine like the forehead just bleeds a lot i was like wait she hit her forehead she was that starved for attention that she had to go hit her head on her birthday weekend it's like yeah she's totally just like an attention whore well and like i i feel like bitsy skipped a really important part like we had been drinking all day yeah. long so like also her blood was thin her blood was thin and it's just like it, it, it was i've never heard that as a yes. reason for someone to quit not stop bleeding when i was in oh, college yeah. i used to take like four ibuprofens thinking that it would thin my blood and i would get drunk faster okay that's a whole nother issue <laughs> speaking of alcohol problems <laughs> i just who are you what i thought that was common did you guys not do that <laughs> No, um, it's okay because when I was in college, oh. I would mix, I would make like sangria, like wine and you know juices and stuff. But then I'd also put like an entire handle of vodka in it because that was acceptable to put yeah. vodka in your wine. In yeah. yeah, exactly. You, 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 good, ew. good times. Yeah, yeah. So back on track. Um, I would say he made a decent, concerted effort to be mm-hmm. nice when everybody was there. Um, but I mean that he was really good at that. Like he was really good at like kind of being social in front of people, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of putting on like a happy face. So at that point, yeah, like he was concerned that entire weekend what we were doing. Right. And then like, so that happened in July. Kristen's birthday is in August and you, you enjoy celebrating your birthday. We all enjoy celebrating your birthdays, but I Mm -hmm. think like, I mean, that's just something that you enjoy. And he went on a like boys trip over your birthday weekend which was just like a a hit like because he's not even gonna spend your birthday with you and he just didn't seem to care about things that happened in your Mm -hmm. life and like another breaking point so keep fast forwarding to january of 2020 uh it's the anniversary of Kristen's of your mom's passing and 
went on a work trip, didn't send you anything, didn't do anything. He sent me a, a, a two sentence text on, yeah. Like say, like, I mean, and after everything you'd gone supporting him. So it's just like all of these things, like your birthday, not there, a big day of your mom's passing, not there. Yeah. It just never seemed to like yeah. prioritize things that were important to you. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. I went through the entire emotional gamut of like telling him everything that I'd kind of gone through. I had made myself extremely vulnerable to him. Mm -hmm. Like I'd opened up to him about like, you know, my parents kind of tumultuous, tumultuous relationship Mm -hmm. and like, you know how they kind of had issues with like drugs and alcohol and just a bunch of things. And it's almost like everything I told him he became, that was the scariest part because I was like, I feel like, you know, I've never been like unconditionally loved and like, So I feel like he tried to do that, but then Mm -hmm. I was like, but my fear is like alcohol and people becoming dependent on that. And then I kind of feel like he did that. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was just, just really, really scary. It was kind of like in hindsight, I can watch like the downfall of our entire relationship. And so when Bitsy is mentioning like these things, like about my birthday and about like the anniversary of my mom's passing, like those are just the things that I finally told her, like, my friend Chelsea, who actually lived in Chicago, who mm-hmm. she's my friend too. Yeah, she's she's also Bitsy's friend. <laughs> um, Again, not about me. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had told her a little bit more just because she was there, and there were a few mm-hmm. times where I was like, I don't think I can stay in our apartment tonight. And honestly, the first time that happened was only three months into being in Chicago, and it was it was hard to to say that to anybody, but I would always the next day I'd be like, we talked, we're so good now. Like, and, but he was good too, because mm-hmm. we would get into a fight and then I would walk in and there'd be a card, there'd be flowers, mm. there'd be a date Ooh, planned mm-hmm. or like some, like just like something. And I'd be like, Oh God, like he made a mistake. Like it's, it's fine. Like it really is fine. And I would do the cold shoulder maybe for like two days, but by like Wednesday we'd be fine. And by Friday we'd, we'd hate each other again. And honestly, it was a cycle. It was, a, it got to the point where it was not just like once a month. It was every single week. Mm. It was, it was horrible. Like there were so, I, we, by in the last four months of our relationship, we spent more at night sleeping apart than together. Wow. Cause they had a two bedroom. So she like, there was an, another yeah, room with the bed. up for that extra bedroom. I mean, it's like pretty crazy. Cause it's just, I feel like it becomes toxic without you even realizing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Suppression. You don't realize it in the moment. You're just like, Oh no, like this is relationships. There's ups and there's downs. And he was telling me that too. He was like, you have no idea what like this happy married couple was went through before. And I was like, I was like, shit, they went through this because I can't, mm-hmm. how the, you don't get there by going through this. And I kind of knew that the whole time I was like, I've seen this happen. Mm-hmm. This was my parents. And guess what? They got a divorce. Like yeah. this, like, What's also just because it works, something works for someone else doesn't mean it needs to work for you. No, absolutely not. And also like, sorry, you go ahead and finish. I'll let you finish. (laughs) I'll let you finish, but Beyonce had the best music. (laughs) I've been over here building up all my thoughts. Um, (laughs) I can tell though. There's like steam heat. You can see the wheels turning. Oh, I'm going to get to them. So I think like you said, things get toxic sometimes fast. sometimes, Sometimes it's a progression. But just because you're in a toxic relationship does not mean that it's always dark clouds and rainy days. You're going to have those good times. You're going to oh, have yeah. those moments where you're like, I'm happy that I'm here, but. And it's all going to work out. And, and it's all going to work out. And the thing is, those moments were real. Those moments happened. Yeah. You really did feel that way. But the, whenever you're 
telling other people your experience, what you remember are the things that hurt, such as not yeah. not thinking of the day, the anniversary of your mom's passing, not acknowledging your birthday in a proper way. And that's what you tell your friends and your family and the people closest to you. And so there's kind of that fear of, I'm scared if I tell them too much that they're going to hate him, but I still love him. So I don't want them to hate them either. And it's a very conflicting feeling. So sometimes you stay in these toxic situations for for yourself and for the other person. So, you know? and that's kind of what I was getting at when I mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, secret, like revealing secrets sets you free. Mm-hmm. And I was hiding so much. Mm-hmm. And so I, like I said, there were a lot of bad times and I just wasn't telling anyone because if I were to tell anyone, they were going to have a united front against that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified. Like I, Bitsy's strong fucking willed. Okay. If I tell her something, <laughs> she's going to be like, I don't, I don't like him anymore. Mm-hmm. And then what? Like, then I don't have Bitsy's support, like in one of my friends. And like, so then I'm scared to like talk to my friends about what's mm-hmm. really going on in my life. And so now I'm trying to internalize all of this stuff and I feel trapped and I feel scared and holy crap, it's getting worse every day. Alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, it really was like a, a total emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, my only saving graces was that I traveled for work kind of a lot back to Kansas City. And so I had like some moments of reprieve. And there was one weekend that I came to Kansas City so much earlier than I was supposed to mm-hmm. because I, mean, I, I changed your flight. I called Southwest yes. and changed your flight. And they just took my word that I was you. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. Kristen Wayman, and I need an earlier flight. I was like, Kristen, pack your bags. That You're was on fate. your way. Yeah. yeah. And, and I did. And it was, that was, that was scary. And that was a huge yeah. sign for him. That was one of the trips I came back from with, mm-hmm. you know, like there's promises and cars. Oh, he put and, together all the furniture you'd asked him to do for months. Oh yeah, guys. After living in our apartment for eight to eight to nine months, I finally came home and there were like some pictures hung up. I was like, he probably had to borrow someone's hands to hold the hammer. That's probably yeah, why. That's <laughs> so true. Like, again, I didn't think about that. Wow. Brilliant. Um, that's the other thing that I did want to mention was like, that behavior of, I'm going to use the term abuse, of this emotional abuse where you're kind of his punching bag and then he showers you with all these gifts and these cards, it's it's tricking you is what it's really doing, you know? It, or at least that was my experience because my, my ex did that. And it, it's kind of a ploy of a narcissist. Um, yeah. I sent you an article over what I think that he, mm-hmm. what I said that yes, he, I thought he was. She did. And if you disagree, just shut my shit down. But that's hoovering. kind of my experience. It was hoovering. It was called hoovering. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's basically gaslighting somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was made to think kind of that, like, if I didn't stay in that relationship, just kind of like with my parents, like nobody else was going to love me. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll take what I can get. Like, <laughs> and, and, But in your, your other relationship that you had before him, yeah. um, you, you stayed in it when... When you have a hard time. time. You have a hard time of giving up on people because you don't. You feel like you're giving up on love, and you, yeah. that's what you want, right? I, I want. I've never been successful in curing somebody from their downfalls, and yes. this again, like this is how you know I've been to therapy for a little too long. <laughs> but you know, it's a reoccurring theme in my life to have somebody that has mm-hmm. demons, and there's somebody that I should inherently love, and so I want to fix them, like. I wanted my mom to not be an alcoholic. I wanted my dad to stop taking painkillers. Like I, I want to fix people and Mm -hmm. 
because I want their love so badly. And I'm like, if they could just get a clear mind, if they could just get a clear head, they would love me. They would see that they love mm -hmm. me and like, that's all that they need. And like, I have no idea what that means for me, but I'm just like, yeah, like I can just help this person and then they'll start thinking clearly and then they'll realize I'm the love. So maybe I'm mm -hmm. the narcissist, but <laughs> like, I'm like, and then everything will be part sunshine and rainbows. And yeah, like I, I hate giving up on people because sometimes I worry that without, you know, some support from somewhere. And like in both of those situations with my parents, I, I was the secret keeper. Like I held the secrets. And mm -hmm. so without my support, like what was going to happen to them? They were just going to get worse, which is kind of what happened in my mom's case. So here I was also scared. Like if I don't help him, if I can't get through mm -hmm. to him, who can, and who like, who else is going to know the secrets and how, and that, that scared me too. A, a huge part of why I stayed was because I was scared. What would happen if I didn't for yeah. both of us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's love. You know, you love them. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't not, you know? Um, yeah, I, that's actually a really good point. West Ham. Yeah. yeah. So but it's not your responsibility either. It, I don't want, I don't want anyone to take part. it that way. Yes. <laughs> it's not your res responsibility. And that's the hard part to deal with after I left because that was the emotional damage I, I dealt with. It wasn't like, I'm so in love with him. Mm -hmm. Like I miss him. It was really just like, I'm terrified of what's going to, what's going to happen. And I just hope that he has a support system still. And everybody's just like, Kristen, like it is not your fucking job. He's, he's almost 30 years old. Mm -hmm. Like he can deal with this. And my brother who is 30 was just said like, this ain't it. Mm -hmm. And when you have like your family telling you it's not it, that's yeah. when you kind of get embarrassed and you're just like, okay, like I feel like, you know, and like he had seen us together and he was like, I knew the last time you were here that it wasn't it. It's just like, okay, mm -hmm. well, you could have told me then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so since we're on like the path of just talking about like toxic and like mm -hmm. abuse, there there were some really scary moments toward the end. And this is when I did start opening up to my friends. I hadn't really told Bitsy yet, but I told Chelsea and obviously like Bitsy said, Chelsea and Bitsy are friends. Um, so I pretty much started staying at Chelsea's house and just hiding there like constantly just mm -hmm. because I, I didn't want to go home. And at that point he was staying out until like 4am and like when he'd come home, like I would be sleeping in the spare bedroom and I would get kind of scared. Um, mm -hmm. he would, he would come in he would wake me up. He would like say some mean things. He'd lay down, he'd pass out. I tried to get out of the house on Saturday morning before he woke up and then just pretty much stay gone as much as possible. That's awful. That's yeah. scary. And it was, and you start to feel trapped in your own apartment and like, for a, a long time, I was like, well, at least like I have my space here. Like mm -hmm. if he's not going to come home, like I, I kind of enjoyed it. Like I had, you know, just chilled, watched TV, made right. the food I liked. Um, and then it became just uh, like a prison to be there. I mean, mm -hmm. and just going back, like circling back to not telling your friends when you feel like you can't tell your friends, that's when you know, like, you know, things are wrong. Mm -hmm. And even whenever you guys had broken up for that like week, I didn't even know. And then somebody texted me and was like, did Kristen and her boyfriend break up? And I was like, wait, what? So I didn't know either because I said it and I didn't mean it, but I wanted to mean it. Yeah. So I said it because mm -hmm. I wanted him to be fucking scared. Like yeah. I wanted to scare the shit out of him and be like, Hey, it is done. We are over. I'm moving my shit out of this room, like into the spare bedroom, mm -hmm. like so far away. But I did like, I said it and I, I took all of the stuff from our shared closet and I put it in the spare bedroom because I was like, I want him to think this is serious. 
and mm-hmm. that not that's not a great move on somebody that doesn't mean something that they say right but well in a way that was his ultimatum it, you know? yes it was and but you know then he's like well i'm gonna take it seriously so whatever mm-hmm. but he was still saying like he loved me so i was just confused regardless um i I had moved all of our stuff. I, he had gone on a, a trip. I like continued to move stuff. And I was like, all right, well, maybe I was, I was serious. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I think I finally told Bitsy what happened. And I'm not kidding. Once I told Chelsea, told a couple other friends in Chicago what was going on. Once I told Bitsy, I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Not only did I mean it, but I can do this. And because then I have all of my friends telling me like, you don't deserve this. Like get out of there. Like I'm like, there's really so much power in telling your truth. Like, Mm -hmm. and just letting it out, especially if you have good friends, because they're just going to support you and nobody's going to be judgmental for, you know, if they are Mm -hmm. not, not the right friend to tell, Mm -hmm. but that's when I was like, I can fucking do this. I don't need to be in this situation. And I failed two more times after that. But I did eventually, I, I did mm-hmm. eventually like help, help myself out of there. And I don't think you failed. Yeah. I think you I just, wavered. <laughs> you hit your breaking point. Yeah. You know? You know, it's really hard when somebody, like, because, I, I mean, literally my friends are fucking saints because they dealt with both of those times and it was the second time that they were like, okay, so the next time you do this, mm-hmm. I really don't think I'm going to be able to be there for you anymore because it's mm-hmm. now it's hurting me. And I, and I understand that because if I were on the reciprocating end, I would feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's just because it kind of becomes when it's your life, it's affecting you. Well, it also is affecting me now. And it was something that I even was thinking about all the time, like all the time. It consumed my thoughts. And I was like, yeah. I can't keep doing this for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not helping you because one, it's not like I was being, I was like, y- because me, who I am, which is not necessarily who you are, but right. if someone does something to me, like you're fucking done. I mean, it dep- like depending, but especially if it's like a, a guy, I'm like, nope, bye. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is again, your friends just don't see every side of your relationship. Mm-hmm. But so of course I'm telling them horrible things and I'm hanging on to that like 20% of good things Right. that I'm just like, Oh no, like everything else has just been weird. Like he's had a hard year, like still making excuses. And mm-hmm. it, it hit the highest breaking point for me to finally get out of there. But at that point I had told my brother and my brother mm-hmm. was like, okay, so you're serious. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, great. I'm co- you're going to come here this weekend. And then the next mm-hmm. weekend we're going to go up to Chicago and we're going to move your shit out. I'm going to get a U-Haul and we're going to do it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Not really meaning it. Still, n- still not meaning it. And we're talking one week out yeah. pretty much. And wow. through, mm, we did it. He came up him and uh, two of my sister, my sister-in-law sisters, and we fucking moved. And I, emptied out that apartment. I drove to St. Louis mm-hmm. and it literally was not until I got pulled over for a speeding ticket outside of 20 minutes. I was like, welcome the fuck home. <laughs> oh my you God. ain't going I did back. Not know that happened. 
Yeah, literally. It was actually pretty fucked up. I'd made it five hours. And Did you even give this, the sob story? Oh, fuck yeah. I got, yeah, yeah. I got a And he still gave you the ticket? ticket? I got a citation, so it wasn't like no oh. points against the license or anything. I think you made a really wise decision to leave Chicago. Like, I'm happier in Kansas City, but even if you didn't come to, back to Kansas City, it was smart to get out of Chicago. Oh, that was, a whole, that was Chicago. a whole debate, guys, because I was like, oh, I could just, we could just break up and I could mm-hmm. stay here. False, guys. I played this scenario with uh, up, down, and sideways mm-hmm. with the therapist. And she was like, okay, so what's the benefit of staying in Chicago? Yeah. And I was like, I, and I had, I had a few, I was like, I like, you know, my job trajectory mm-hmm. here. I like what I'm doing. I love the city. I r- love Chicago. Um, and she was like, okay, so like, what if he's out? Do you think that you could slip up? You know, do you think that maybe if he texts you a night, like, you know, this apartment is technically still yours for a couple mm-hmm. more months. Like what if you just decide to go out and then you stumble in there? Cause mm-hmm. you still have keys and you're still paying for it. And I was just like, okay, all valid points. She was like, maybe the physical separation will help. And so I was like, okay, okay. So it that took me a while. I, mm-hmm. I looked at like one bedrooms. I looked at getting a roommate there. And there was just like that little voice in the back of my head the whole entire time saying like, if you stay, you are not letting go of this. Mm-hmm. And so I moved. Well, I'm proud of you. Thank you. It's really hard. And you say that like you failed twice or whatever, but in the in reality, it was a quick turnaround. It was like, this all happened January and you were moving out by end of February. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when, when I finally said, yeah, January is when it got mm-hmm. the pits. Like this past Christmas was horrible mm-hmm. and I live for the oh, holidays. Yeah, I forgot about that. And it was just, it was mm-hmm. I, I texted Bitsy at like the day after Christmas. We were in the airport headed back to Chicago from like the family like Christmas trip. And I was like, I'm pretty sure by the time we land, me, we're going to be mm-hmm. broken up. And it, it was just horrible. Yeah. It's just not how you're supposed to feel during the holidays. I think too, like none of, you made no mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like you fell in love with someone, you moved there for them. It turned out to not be what you hoped for. And it actually turned out to be really not good in a lot of ways. And you moved back. What, what fault is there in that? You did nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I totally agree. I'm perfect. I didn't do anything. (laughs) Like I, in the broad concept, like absolutely follow your heart. Like Mm -hmm. I, I had a lot of really Mm -hmm. good experiences for me as an individual, like experience a new city, Mm -hmm. put yourself in a new city like learn about just something else. And like, that was great. Mm -hmm. I did not walk away from this thinking I learned nothing. I feel like I learned a lot about myself. Um, so that's great. I also just, the relationship itself taught me so much. And obviously Mm -hmm. I was extremely distraught when all of this (laughs) was happening. And for a long time after I, I think I cried every day for three months. Um, but then I thought, chase your, like, yes, chase your heart. Like if your heart is saying, you know what, you need to do this, just go do it. Now, was I perfect in the sense of everything Mm -hmm. that I did in the relationship? Absolutely not. Like, because when you're in a toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. you convince yourself that one of the reasons that somebody is constantly like berating you, like, what are you doing? Where are Mm -hmm. you going? Who are you with? You can't do that. Don't have fun on your girl's trip. What are you doing on your girl's trip? Like, why are you going to Kansas city? I know all about what you do in Kansas city. You you start to think like, is there something Mm -hmm. like 
are you doing something wrong? Yeah. And that's why you're asking me if I'm doing something wrong. So then kind of like when they're on a work trip, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're like, can you tell me what you're doing? Like, yeah. what are you up to? So you stayed out till 2 a.m. last night. Like, who, who are you with? Like, you start to get a little crazy and annoying too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I felt myself becoming that. And that's how I was in my relationship out of college. And that's when you start to get like jealous and insecure. Mm-hmm. And that is the ugliest version of me. You bring I, out the worst in each oh, other. Oh, yeah. And that is when you know it's just, mm-hmm. it's done. And if you do that enough times, it's just a cycle and you'll never stop. Mm-hmm. You can't break that cycle. And just really quick. Um, so you, when you came to Kansas City one time and he texted you, like he wouldn't stop texting you. We were, we were on a party bus. We were trying to have a good time. And, we um, mm-hmm. and he was like, I know what happens in Kansas City. And we're like, okay, so what the fuck does that mean? Because like, what do you think about me then? Um, and like our group of friends who are, Great. I mean, I guess it's because we're friends with them. Yeah. So we truly great, do regardless. nothing, no, tr- nothing wrong, nothing immoral. The yeah. party bus was 35 gay men and Bitsy and Kristen. Like once I mean, again, that's literally once what again. the party bus Come on. Was. And so I texted him and I was like, hey, like we're just with a bunch of gay guys. And I was super fucking nice. You, text. Yes, you were. And um, he never responded to me, never said anything to me about it. In fact, he never <gasps> even texted me again. He did text you again. Yes. He texted me after they broke up and I feel like I should just read it because this, he thought that he could manipulate me too. And I was like, Oh sweetie. No, 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 no. I have clear eyes, full heart. Can't lose. I am not falling for your bullshit. Yeah. Um, that, that was another thing that honestly Mm -hmm. should have been a red flag. My friends are so important to me Mm -hmm. and I want to be with somebody. Like I picture myself with somebody who like, get super close to my friends. Like would even like text them and be like, Hey, like, what are you guys doing this weekend? And it's just really comfortable. He never did that. I was like, my friends are so important Mm -hmm. to me. Like your friends are your family. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, if you love me, like you better get on board with fucking them, Mm -hmm. not fucking them, but you know, like get on board, get on board with them. (laughs) (laughs) But basically he should care about his he, your friends because he cares about you. He should be, yes. yeah, like have some sort of investment. I think that you, like your your significant other should always. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he, I, I texted him whenever she was in Kansas City visiting. He never responded, never said anything. But I, I'm assuming he said something to you when he was pissed off. That oh, I texted yeah. him. It's like, don't have Bitsy text me. Okay, shut up. But then he, after they had already broken up, he sent me, I mean, this is a fucking novel, us uh, saying, I'm so sorry for never getting to know you. That's so selfish of me. Blah, blah, I'm blah, sorry blah, too. Blah. Yeah. Like it, that sucks for you, but like it is what it is. <laughs> you missed out. And he, he just, oh, there's just so much, mm-hmm. but in the, I guess kind of cause it, to sort of kind of close it on, um, close it, close it up. But I have two questions. One, um, is it better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all? So, gosh, yeah, of course it is. Like, I'm also not one of those people anymore that thinks you only have, like, one great love in life. Or maybe you do, and, like, this one just wasn't that great. But I I feel like I've already reflected on this so much and learned mm-hmm. from it. Like, I came to see Bitsy, and I said, Bitsy, we're writing every single fucking quality down on a piece of paper of a man that we want in our lives because we need to manifest this Mm -hmm. and so I just started writing things down Vitsy has it you can post pictures of that too if you want um because I was just like right now I have never felt so vulnerable I've never 
ever been mm-hmm. this honed in on what I want in my life as far as like a man and a partner. And so I wrote it all down and it's like, it's so sad because it's like the opposite of everything that was happening. And I probably took it a little too far, but you said cool with Bravo. Yeah. Network. Like you like literally don't roll your eyes. When I say I'm watching real housewives, I will so cut you. Um, cause that, I feel like it's just not accepting me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think that handy man, hand e man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm reading the the notebook as we're talking. Yeah, so like if you know if you remember the story about like hanging pictures and it taking eight or nine months, mm-hmm. that really pissed me off. Yeah, obviously. Um. So yeah, I just like I I was like right now everything's fresh in my mind. I'm just gonna write it all mm-hmm. down, and this is that's what I see in my future is everything right yeah. there. And I had Bitsy do the same thing. Yeah. And this is a really positive thing. And I say that because whatever, I went through my big breakup, but I was heartbroken. Not that it was bad. I think it was good advice, but my mom said, write down how you feel. And I said, why? And she said, because you'll forget. And I was like, oh my God. And I didn't, but I, I do get what she means now, now that it's been some time. Not that you f- actually forget, but right. it your mind can romanticize the bad times or you might you might forget that this is what you want in the man I was know? never thinking as clearly as I was when I wrote that mm-hmm. because I was in my raw emotions mm-hmm. and I I suggest that to anybody so yes love and if you lose it just learn from it and not only like don't resent the, the relationship that you had work on yourself too because it's a good time to reflect on what you did wrong right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and Weston, do you feel that way about your big breakup? About like reflecting on myself. About it's better to love. Oh, than lost than never loved at all. Yes, it yeah. hurts like I, a bitch, but I would say yes, just because I mean, I can't really imagine my life with, and I'm sure you might feel this way too. I can't imagine my life without that that experience and those experiences, mm-hmm. and I think that. Yes, it it leaves a nasty fucking scar that will be there, but it it kind of just is a part of your human experience. And I feel like I'm kind of a, I am who I am because of it. And I think I'm a better person in a lot of ways because of it, you know? I mm-hmm. love what you just said. And it is so stupid, but everything happens for a reason. And with my first relationship mm-hmm. out of college, I would have never been roommates with Bitsy if it wasn't so for true. that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I would not be sitting here right now. And so, th- like, that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. But that happened for a reason. And maybe, like, that relationship, the more recent one. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. the breakup happened for a reason. It was to get me back here to Kansas City. But I'm... and. In due time, I will learn why that happened. Yeah. You'll see things clearer and clearer. If for nothing else, work was Mm -hmm. so good. And I think with everything too, in like relationships, just major experiences in your life, you can either grow bitter or better. And you don't always get to choose if you grow bitter or better. And I, I can say that because there are certain things with by bad breakup I did grow better. I think I became a lot more cynical person. That wasn't a good thing. But there's a lot of ways that I think I grew better. I was not nearly as naive. I knew what to look out for, you know. And so I think I, you sometimes you maybe get to choose if you grow better or better, but sometimes you don't. And I think in this case, it sounds like you just keep growing better and better, you know, which is great. I but- just, I could so easily have had a lot of things mm-hmm. like crush me into the ground by this point. And I just don't feel like it. Like yeah. I, I just don't feel like resolving to like 
being a nothing person. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want to, I want to have a fun and good and fulfilled life. And so it's like, you just have to keep on trucking until it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, so you said you had another question. Oh yeah. Um, another it, question from the audience. Another question, <laughs> another question from the audience, but also in case you guys were wondering, um, I have said this to Kristen and Weston because this is part of my mental breakdown um, about the love and lost or never loved mm-hmm. at all. I feel like I have never loved at all. And it makes me envious of, even though it didn't work out for like both of you, at least you had it. And I wish that that was something I had. I have had. Yeah, that's so true. That's such a good point because I think that you've had micro loves for sure. And I think that you have experienced heartbreak because I was going to say, what about high school? Yeah. Yeah. But that's just like, I was 16. It's like a puppy love. Like I haven't had a real, like when I'm on my own or even in college, a a relationship, Mm. um, of significance there's been nothing of significance that of anyone that I've dated mm-hmm. and since I was 16 and that's like it sucks and it doesn't like it makes me feel inadequate and it even though like you it was a toxic relationship for you and I don't I, if I could go mm-hmm. back and erase that for you guys I absolutely would I would never want that for any of my friends mm-hmm. or anyone out there but you were able you were able to love and you were able to feel love in a way that I haven't and it, and I wish I had do you think that you need to fall in love one time and be heartbroken before you fall in love for like good or would you be just fine like going into like another relationship and that being like your your only one true love I don't know that's such an interesting thing to I mean yeah I don't know I think you can be heartbroken in different ways I do too and so I think it's very feasible that people end up with the first true love or second true love, whatever of their lives. And they still experience heartbreak, but in other ways, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I don't think heartbreak is always necessarily, um, a romantic relationship. And also I think it's how you frame everything because I don't want to minimize your feelings when we were in high school and you went through that breakup because at that that moment that was true love. And that's what I say about it being real. You know, we forget and well, I don't want to say forget, but we, suppress because we, now we're like, well, that wasn't love because like I'm so much older and more mature. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not any, it was real. And also Bitsy, like, this, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but you feel so deeply. Hit her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like, you feel the pain of your friends. So, like, it, like, you really do. Like, you go through it with them. And so, not that it's your heart being broken, but you are so good at empathizing and, like, sympathizing with mm-hmm. people when they go through things that you have actually talked me through more emotions than I've talked myself through. It's true. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't, I think that you've learned a lot through osmosis, sadly, but like, <laughs> I still want you to have love. Don't get me wrong. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, you have all these shit fucks running around getting their heart broken. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because it's like, so you have had a, Kristen has had a toxic relationship. West has had a toxic relationship. I've been there through both of those relationships and both mm-hmm. of those breakups and how you handled it differently. Weston's was to block every, <laughs> everything, block his number, block everything, except for your ex had an email 
account that he would send you emails at and the meanest shit in Mm. the entire world oh my god and i still remember i would you gave me the login so Mm -hmm. i could go read them because rick i can't look at them but like go look at them because you couldn't send them to me and i was reading that shit and i was like what Mm -hmm. the fuck and then you didn't balk but you were getting like the same like mm-hmm. massive things sent to you and it would go from nice to mm-hmm. mean and same with you i think he I did, like, so beg. i didn't block his i didn't block his number oh because i was I, I was also scared of him and so i he would say things like i'm coming over i'm coming to your house right now crazy shit so i didn't block his number because i thought what if what if i need to be and on, we on always guard? say that you know, i was I making did block a ton of excuses too. i was like what if mm-hmm. and so i'm yeah. not gonna block him which in my case it it was a good thing because I had the evidence for. Um, you just weren't a, responding, so he was re- I, he was right. messaging I, you on everything. I ghost. I did ghost him. I did not respond to anything. I blocked him on social media. That was it. But everything else, I was just receiving and receiving, which turned out to work in my favor because he he actually was really dangerous, and I, I think it was just gonna he he was already stalking me. It was gonna come to a, a his breaking point where he was told he was gonna do something. You know, right. he was saying he was gonna do it, so he was gonna do it, and so I got that order mm-hmm. of protection, and that. You know, that put a stop to it. Yeah, and uh, surprisingly, because a lot yeah. of times it doesn't. Something we didn't really touch on that I kind of just want to have be a mm-hmm. PSA is for me, everything that happened mm-hmm. from the very first time we ever like had a fight to the very last time, it got progressively worse every time. Like it was always escalating. It was always escalating, mm-hmm. and so I. I'm happy I got out of it because it could have turned into what you're expressing, mm-hmm. Weston, but it didn't. And so that's the other thing that I would just say, like, if somebody notices that every single time they're they're in one of those cycles, but like the outcome is getting like worse mm-hmm. and worse and worse, like they don't stop. Like it's going to keep getting worse. Mm-hmm. So here's a question that I feel like a lot of people struggle with after a breakup and I would say you're still going through it. You know, it's so recent. It's, yeah. it's something that still ex- is existing. Would you say that you um, are still in love with small hand man? <laughs> I just picture um, Lord Farquaad. I, I'm like picturing the weirdest <laughs> shit in my head when I think about these small hands. Um, I, so this, I'm going to try to not give you a generic answer. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm being really, really honest, and this is one of those things where it's like, God fucking damn, I hope nobody's like, hey, you should go listen to this episode, Kristen Dark and all this shit. Um, but if I'm being really honest, I, like Bitsy said, I will stay with people because I just want to like help mm-hmm. them. And that really is true. And there's a concept of being in love mm-hmm. and having love for someone. And if I'm being really, really honest with myself, there was like a moment back after my birthday in August where I asked myself if I was still in love Mm. because I just wasn't feeling like that same like giddy feeling. Like I was like, I have not Mm. (laughs) like been like head over heels. Like I just want to hug you and like squeeze you like in, in a while. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, that really hurts me to say. And like that hurts. I I, I know it would hurt him to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's my truth. And I would say that I obviously have love for him. I want the best for him. I want, mm-hmm. I want the best for his uh, like gr- amazing family, like his amazing friends. Like I have a lot of love for him and that's not going to go away. 
Um, but as far as like really being in love with somebody the way I thought I was when I decided to move there and like uproot my entire life, like mm-hmm. I think it's been a long time since, since that's really? been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it's, hurts me to say too. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's a really interesting question because well, this isn't your first heartbreak. You've been through it before. So, but I, I have a friend that he's going through his very first heartbreak and that's something he struggles with. He's like, I still love him, even though like I'm going through this. I remember whenever I went through my bad breakup, I was like, I still love this person. And and I thought, will this yeah. ever go away? Will I always love this person? Yeah. And it, it really bothered me because it's like, how can you do all this shit? And how can you make me feel this way? But I still love you. And, and it does go away. Right. How can you hurt yeah. me so bad? Mm-hmm. And I love you. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Because I still love you. And it's, it is funny that you bring up that this isn't my first mm-hmm. real love because now I think about the person I loved before this. The high school? Oh, and no, just not your w- first heartbreak. No, right after college, my first. I, I guess I did. I mean, again, framing like, did mm-hmm. I love my high school relationship? Yeah, mm-hmm. at the time I did. Um, mm-hmm. But the relationship right after college. Now I look back on that and I, I don't still have love for him. I'm just mm-hmm. indifferent. I don't not like him. It if I saw away. him, I'd be really pleasant. Like I just, I literally mm-hmm. just do not care. I, I don't think about him every day. Mm-hmm. I, I, and that's what I, I say know. for anyone that's going through this and you're feeling like, I still love this person. I want it to go away. It will. It'll take time. And that's that saying, um, oh, what, what's the saying? There's a thin line between love and hate. That's exactly what it means. To love someone and to hate someone is more similar than to be indifferent yeah. towards someone. Kelsey, you can kind Kelsey of Ballerini has a really good song called A Thin Line. And it talks all about that. Yeah, just a uh, shout out. I wrote it. Um, my <laughs> stepdad has always told me the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. And so I think that's true. Yeah, or... or <laughs> you're back on a lazy Susan and spun around Stop. at a gay Thanksgiving and stuffed like a turkey, you know, either there or. There you go. Honestly, just fuck the love right out of yourself. No, into me. Just very, oh my God, I can't. Uh, very interesting is that, so you were saying your first love, you still loved him after a long time. Your friend is still, his first love mm-hmm. still, loved, still has love. Do you think, and then you, you feel that you have love, but you're not in love. And I think those feelings were different because I almost think you were still in love with him after because it was Mm -hmm. something so abrupt that you found out that he did that caused it to happen. And then the same with the other one, it was abrupt for him and he was, neither of you were prepared. No. And then you had been preparing for this and like, yeah you decided to do it. You did it like, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's, you did decide it too, Weston, but it was just, you really didn't have mm-hmm. a choice. It kind of, it was kind of like a fight or flight type thing. Yeah. And I, I, and it was such a mind fuck. And I don't want to get too much to my experience. Cause I, I know that like, I want to focus on what Kristen's been through, but I just remember thinking the person that I'm still in love with doesn't even exist. Right. That was one of my emotions. I was like, I am in love with, this person, but you're not real. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you, you're not real. And honestly, every single person that is wondering if they should be in a relationship or not needs to ask themselves, am I in love with this person or the idea in my head of this person? Mm-hmm. Because you will abruptly change your mind. Yeah. And Maybe you won't. Yeah, it's true. But Weston, I have a question. Do you think <laughs> that if you did not end that relationship, it would have ended? If you would have never found like, out that he was cheating on like you. Like, would he have ended it with me? Yeah. Or, like, it would have ended because of something else? 
Um, I think it was inevitably going to end. I don't think he would have ever ended it, ended it with me. Um, just because of the dynamic and how hard he wanted to keep me. Because he, he projected the best mm-hmm. version of himself that he wished he was to you and you believed it. Yeah. And that wasn't who he was. Yeah, he was like doing so much shady shit in secret. And I think that he would have never ended things with me as long as I would tolerate, as long as I would tolerate his, um, his persona, his indiscretions, yeah. as long as I would tolerate that abuse, the neglect, the... Um, the bullshit. I don't know another word to say it. As long as I was willing to tolerate that, he was never going to end it with me. Yeah. Because for him, I was his picture perfect with right. him. I he was kind his, of having yeah. his cake and eating it I met it too. his uh, his family. I hung out with all of his friends that he wanted to impress, not the one, not the other ones that he you know did sketchy shit with. And I met his nieces and nephews. Like I was his public persona. I was a part of the picture he was painting. But it was all yeah. All the, it was painting over over other shit, if that makes sense. So I, I, but the reason I still think it would have ended is I think that inevitably, I was bound to find out find out everything, and I just I don't think I'm the type. I just wasn't the type of person that was going to. I I had sweep not sweep it under I, the rug and mm-hmm. slap a smile on your face. Yeah, I had already swept so much under the rug, and I had already not put myself first for so long. It really worked out well. I think that was right after college because I was already experiencing a change and a fresh start and it kind of worked out well that this just added to it. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know what? I've already, I've already moved to a different place in my life. What's once more, you know, at the time it didn't feel that way, but in hindsight, I think that I I think it helped and I think it made it harder. You know, you're going through so much change at once once that's hard. It's fucking hard. But in some ways it, it was okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just okay. It, That's something I just It was okay because it had to be, you know? Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. But. And one more question from the peanut gallery. And one more question. I mean, we did have a viewer write this one in. Yeah. So we so have to, uh, we have to answer Did we really? It. No, of course not. The viewer's <laughs> why would I, And why would I know? <laughs> I know. And wait, no, no viewer, a listener. <laughs> Listen, Oscar. Okay. So Oscar wanted to, me to ask you. Okay. If you, and you both can answer. Because you both have been yes. through some shit yes, yes, yes. that I haven't, so I can't answer. Um, the your self advice and advice to someone else who's in a toxic relationship, what would it be? Hide your vibrators. Just kidding. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I thought you said hide your five Britas. I was like, <laughs> I, you I was like, I realized it was vibrators. <laughs> I was like, why do you have five Britas? Do you have an extra? Ours broke. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, there's a use for both. Um, Gosh, advice I would give to myself. Okay, advice I would give to myself is probably the same advice I would give to somebody else, but wait an entire calendar calendar year of dating someone mm. before moving in with them. No matter <laughs> what happens, just mm-hmm. give yourself four seasons before you decide to move in with someone. Um, so that's kind of advice I would give to someone else and myself. Um, more advice I would give to myself is learn from your past relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a recent past relationship, have a moment, drink a glass of wine Mm -hmm. or go on a long walk, come home and write down everything you want in a partner and manifest it. And don't 
fucking forget it Mm -hmm. and don't settle for anything less because that's what I'm doing moving forward. I'm moving forward with all of the Mm -hmm. things that I want and I'm not going to settle for anything less. Because, and and really I'm going to recognize red flags faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on Kristen's list right here at the top, bold letters, it says a uh, huge cock. And so <laughs> I think that that, I think that that was like very, um, reflective, you know, small hands. Small. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It doesn't say that. Um, what advice would I give myself? Uh, trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find happiness in someone else's bed. Mm. and uh, or at the bottom of a bottle um, and you're going to be okay. I, I don't know if that last one's really advice. Nope. But 5,000% I would, that is advice. I would tell myself you are going to be okay. Because there are times that you do not think you're going to make it. You do not think that you will ever see the sunrise mm-hmm. again. Colors aren't colorful tastes aren't tasty and smells aren't vibe like everything mm-hmm. just feels bad yeah, yeah. things will get better yeah like there's so much advice i could give myself that you know if it, the list could really go on yeah. I, I think um, pour all of that energy that you have into other relationships mm-hmm. that do benefit you I mean, th- that is truly one of the main reasons I came back mm-hmm. to Kansas City was because this is where I have the most love and support. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm I'm so like I'm really lucky because I even really like the people I work with, and like mm-hmm. they've been through with me through a lot of stuff. Like, I think that that's really good advice, Weston. Like, mm-hmm. there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. yeah, protect yourself. Sorry, they keep coming to my mind. Like, that's another one because you can really, I think, it, it, something I did is I feel like I was giving myself the wrong not just the wrong people but to the wrong um the wrong spaces you know wrong groups of people yeah. wrong energies if that makes sense not i'm not trying to get deep but like i don't know how else to explain it yeah and so protect yourself yeah I you think, know i think that people will take advantage of you mm-hmm. definitely i feel like it's good to think like when you leave a situation or you leave like say you leave a party like mm-hmm. with one group of people compare it to like another group of people that like you left a party from. And how mm. do you feel after leaving that group versus another? Do you feel bad? Like, do you think mm-hmm. you're going to have the Sunday scaries after that experience? Like, do you feel like you were judged? Do you feel anxious or do you feel like happy and loved? Mm-hmm. And like you, you wish that that night could have lasted forever mm-hmm. because the experiences that aren't serving you, you just have to cut out. And if there's a person in particular that is causing those bad mm-hmm. experiences more often than not, like you need to cut that person out. Yeah, Absolutely what I will say yeah and so like thank god you guys saged yourselves and we need to sage again (laughs) yeah clearly it didn't work completely on me but we do need to sage again okay I mean like should we wrap up with our always asked for that time is up time is up oh I had a time is up but that was two hours that was two hours ago (laughs) I had a good one too Oh, yeah. My time is up is to the people in this quarantine time who um, I'm when I'm walking Oscar and I'm taking him for a Mm -hmm. little jaunt and I get sliced and diced and slaughtered with their eyes because they are going to walk into me. They Mm -hmm. expect me to move and be six feet away from them. No, no, no. You move. I don't care. So I'm not moving. And that has happened to me numerous of times. Yeah. Or the people that um, assault you with their eyes because you happen to not have a face mask because they're sold out everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's always the people, the face masks that, that yell at me. And, and maybe I'm not, and I'm an asshole for not wearing a face mask or a bandana or something. But they told us not to in the beginning. How are we supposed to know? And, and well, and now it's just like when I'm taking Oscar on a walk, that's going to hurt me more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm not around people. Yeah. Right. And well, I have gingivitis. Oscar, a person. Yeah. Yes. Um, time is really fucking up on Weston cheating at Uno because <laughs> yellow seven I cannot with you this is the second time I've played, mind you I've literally been here seven days second time I've played Uno with Weston I and I have been up in arms at his immoral compass except when it works in your favor it rarely did because I'm always sitting okay. next to you. So I have this very unpopular opinion. I think that it is not cheating if you see the colors and numbers of other people's cards. And but his why. head is cranked so far over <laughs> the person's shoulder. And here's why. It's all a part of the strategy that you need to be conscious of not to flash your cards. Would you flash your cards in poker? Absolutely not. I Weston, mean, I've never nobody played. is showing you their cards. You are literally <laughs> using mirrors, cameras, reflective windows to find out what these other cards are. I'm pretty sure you and Bitsy even developed a sign language of sorts. <gasps> did you put a camera in our apartment? I mean, I know some tricks. I mean, Weston, I did all the signs to you before we started. I said, Weston, remember. She did do one. And I was like, is this a real thing? And you were like, are those signs? And I was like, no. I mean, I know that I know Bitsy's behavior because also me and Bitsy have plotted like crazy things like drawing um, pre-planned straws for like good rooms on girl strips. Yeah. So oh. this, I don't put this past you guys. Oh, that, that, that's a That's a given. Yeah. Um, well, you, to all of our listeners, let me know, am I cheating? Yes or no? And we will have the CEO of Uno on our next episode. Yes. They re- they respond if you ask questions. My time is up. Is on another person in this room. Uh, Oscar, Oscar Foster. Uh, uh. <laughs> time is up on him not being able to DJ. Because there were so many times throughout this episode or series that I wanted to say, Oscar, cue Toxic by Britney Spears. And it would have been a perfect moment just to go, or however it is. And then just cut back to us. Um, yeah, I was I was really off, but you know what I meant. You could edit that in. I know, but we don't own the rights. I don't know what the laws are on that. I, I think, think it's, it's seven seconds or something. Yeah. yeah, but still, that's why I would like Oscar to be just on hand, do it, True. you know. But oh. and also, time is up on this quarantine. We're over it. Like I'm ready to hang out and go to non-essential businesses again. Same girl. Okay, well, time is Ditto. up. Time is up on our episode. Thank you for joining us, Kristen. Yes, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye. We love you. Peace.